Hello and welcome. Thanks for tuning in to the League 2 Playoff Preview pod. We kick it off in a similar vein to League 1 and the Championship. We're talking to someone very much involved in League 2 this season, but no longer. Matt Bloomfield of Wickham joined us on the phone earlier. He'll be moving up to League 1 next season, but he got a good look at the four teams involved in the playoffs in League 2 this season. So we discussed that and also some of the celebrations and a look back at Wickham's season. We're thrilled to be to be joined by Matt Bloomfield. Matt, it's obviously been an unbelievable few weeks for the club and personally for yourself as well. You've got a goal on final day and the celebrations, I imagine, have lasted a week or two already by now. What did it mean for, for, for yourself and for Wickham to go up automatically rather than have to head into a, a playoff scenario? Yeah, it was massive for us because, you know, um, getting up automatically means that you, you are just that. It's all done and dusted, whereas playoffs, I mean, scoring and, and winning and, and going to Wembley and all that must be amazing. But, um, you know, it, it's a bit of a lottery. So there's four teams in it who this year are, are very evenly matched, in my in my opinion. So we were we were dead keen against not, not entering that kind of situation. That's why we wanted to get the get the, the promotion done before the end of the season um, luckily we were able to do that we went to Chesterfield um, and, and beat them and, and um, unbeknownst to us during the game that um, both Exeter and Notts County were losing so once it got down to the, the you know the final sort of 20 15 10 minutes we, we realized the situation and we knew we knew that we were nearly there so um, it was huge for us you know it's nothing better than getting promoted um, with your teammates and and to be able to then go into the final game of the season with with a day to enjoy and a day to cherish with your families and the supporters that was just you know it, it was quite um, foreign to me really because usually you know every game I've played in my career there's been something riding on it and, and Saturday there, there kind of wasn't you know if we'd have lost it have ended the season on a bit of a low but um, we'd got a promotion and we went out to enjoy the day So, uh, and then we finished on a high which was great It's fair to say Matt that the playoffs haven't been particularly kind to, to either yourself or, or Wickham as a club um, does that play into your mind on that last day just th- thinking back to what you guys have been through before and trying to ensure that you don't have that heartache again yeah I suppose you, you know your life is um, kind of shaped by the experiences you have and, and the playoff experience to myself has not been particularly kind um, in the club um, in my years that we've been here I think we've been in them um, three times and lost lost three times if that's right um, yeah twice in the so, series once in the final I think yeah so it's not it's not been a great time so um, I was obviously keen to to get it done because I know how cruel they can be you know I was at Wembley with Ipswich in 2000 and watched them get promoted and it was an amazing day but equally to lose losing the way we did three years ago was was the cruelest of cruel you know so um we was obviously keen to get it done um we've not had great great time in the playoffs um in my time here so it's nice to get it over the line and not have to to, to suffer that again so that was that was obviously an added incentive for us and looking forward now matt obviously you know you're vastly experienced across the efl divisions and we've spoken a quite extensively on this podcast about the relatively small gap between League 2 and League 1 or at least to our eyes and and maybe we're missing something but in the last six years no team have gone up from League 2 to League 1 and been immediately relegated and and the three teams that went up last season obviously in the top 10 this season so as a club how are you feeling about the step up and, and how much do you I know you've got a close bond with the manager as well what are the discussions about what needs to be done this summer and going forward into League 1 next season? 
yeah, I think I think first and foremost we will we will need to strengthen. Um, there is a gap. Um, I, I read those stats the other day about the teams that got promoted not coming back down, which which gives us massive heart to go next year and and try and make a bit of a noise in League One. You know, we don't want to go there and be be also rounds. We don't want to you know we we want to go and make a noise next year. Quite how much of a noise we make, we, we're not too sure at this moment in time, but. Um, we need to strengthen. We'll, we'll, we'll be looking to bring in players for sure. Um, my two experiences in, in League One in the last few, in the last sort of ten years have been been relegation. So we want to make sure that we stay up. I believe we've got some um, really talented young players. We've got people like Dominic Gate, Luke O'Nine, um, Anthony Stewart, Scott Cashgate, Nick Freeman. These are lads that deserve the opportunity to go and test themselves on that next level. So I'm delighted as a club that we're able to provide them that platform. You know, we've we've equally got you know some really experienced. Players like Nathan Tyson, Craig McHale Smith, Sam Saunders, Adebayo Akinfenwa. Akinfenwa. These are lads that have played a, a League One championship and and know know how to get about the league. They know what they're doing. So we've had that good blend, which has got us up this year, and and we'll be looking for that to carry on next year. Um, I'm, I'm sure there won't be wholesale changes because as a fan ran a club, we don't have the uh, budget and the finances to go and do so. So. We'll be looking to take that team ethos and, and togetherness into League One and, and see where it can take us. And you talk about the budget. I mean, looking through the managers uh, that you've played under at Wickham, I mean, the likes of Paul Lambert there, Peter Taylor, um, you know, some, some class people on that list. But the, the job Gareth Ainsworth's done in the six or so years is tremendous. How does he rank for you as a manager that, that you've played under? He's done an incredible job. You know, there's no doubt, and he's done an, he's done an incredible job. I think um, in years gone by, we've had a bigger budget and, and, and bigger expectations. Um, and over the last five, six years that that the manager's been in charge, we've been um, fighting financial um, struggles. Um, the team's been sort of changing. And he's been trying to uh, build a squad that's been capable of getting promoted. We came close to falling out the drop of the, at the bottom of the league four years ago. We then got to Wembley and, and had the heartache three years ago. And he's, he's been steadily building. He's done an incredible job. Like you say, some of those managers, Peter Taylor, you know, the promotions he's got speaks for himself. Paul Lambert's gone on to manage very successfully at Norwich and, and gone on to the Premier League with Aston Villa uh, and Stoke. So, we, we, you know, I've been very lucky to, to work under some wonderful managers, but, but the current gaffer's right up there because... He's only a young manager. He's very, um, very new still in his career, and I've seen him evolve over the last five years from, you know, a, a real newbie into the job to to evolving into a very capable manager. And, and I think this year's shown it. He, he knew what he wanted to do. He's got a way of playing, a philosophy, and he, and he went and recruited players that could could execute that plan. And that's what he's done this year. And the lads have gone out um, and executed it. I think one of his his biggest qualities is that the lads will run through brick walls for him. I know it's easy to say that, but the lads will do do what he wants because they love him and they want to play and they want to do well for him. So, And that's a great quality to have. And and, um, and as you've seen this year, the, the results that we've got with the budget we've got, is, it's been nothing short of remarkable and all credit has to go to him. Yeah, we're going to be keeping a very close eye on, on yourselves at Wickham, Matt, next season in League One. Also, Accrington and Luton, who went up automatically with you. But if we could just turn our attentions to trying to work out which team might join you in League One next season. You've played against all of the playoff teams over the course of the season. So you said yourself earlier that you consider them to be very evenly matched and, and pretty much any research you can possibly do ahead of these playoffs indicates the same sort of thing. But if we just look at both semi-finals, it'd be great to get your, your thoughts on how the teams match up against each other as, as someone who's played against them all. Um, Exeter-Lincoln, first and foremost. Obviously, Exeter under Paul Tisdale have a, a rep- 
reputation for playing quite pretty football, whereas Danny Cowley's Lincoln, it, 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 it appears from what we've seen to be about you know, playing the percentages. And this isn't a knock on them because it's incredibly effective on a game-by-game basis. But do you think those two styles might, might, might make for an interesting semi-final? What, what do you think about the two teams in general? Yeah, I think I think you kind of you, you've been spot on there. I think the two contrasting styles will make it a fascinating, fascinating affair. Um, we played Lincoln uh, for about two, three weeks ago, and, and I'd say our, our style and their style wasn't too different. You know, we um, play the percentages. They've got um, Matt Reed up front, who they who they use as often as they can. Play lots of diagonal balls to him, and they've runners coming off him. They've got experience in midfield in Boswick, um, Frecklington, and, and a good player in Woodyards. They've they, they certainly know how they're going to go and get their results. Um, and as you say, Exeter have, have got a, a more of a reputation. Paul Tisdale has done an incredible job there over the however many years he's been there, 10 or 12 years, even wherever he's been there. He's, he's done a great job of having a, a passing, passing philosophy. Um, his ethos has always been about getting the ball down. But equally, they've got Jaden Stockley out front this year, who they're not afraid to use either if they need to um, go in a bit slightly longer. Because I think maybe in the past, Exeter teams... Uh, have maybe uh, been passing it and passing it and and people have been able to step up off on them if they've not been right on their games. They've got a plan B. They've got Jaden Stockley they use as well. Um, he's scored a lot of goals for them this year and if they need to go longer into him, they can do so. I think it's going to be a fascinating game. Um, uh, you know, I'm not sitting on the fence when I say I can't pick it this year because uh, though both those teams have much respect because um, the, the two managers have done great jobs and like I say, we had a real real battle with Lincoln a few weeks ago and got a, a, a great, at the time for us, a, a really good point, nil-nil draw. Um, and, and they're a tough battle for anyone who comes up against them, as they showed last year with their FA Cup run. And, and they've already been to Wembley. If they can get to Wembley, I would, I would probably say I'd fancy whoever they play against, um, who they play um, against, because I'd fancy them, because they've been to Wembley and won already once this year. So that will stand them in good stead, you know, if they could get to the final. It's, it's interesting you say that, because it's something that Ali and I have discussed before, where teams who've actually been, been beaten in, in the playoffs the year before generally do very well the next year and obviously Exeter, Exeter getting to Wembley last year and, and, and being beaten is very different and had a very different experience to, to, to Lincoln who obviously went to Wembley just a couple of months ago and, and had their success do you, I mean, yeah. from, from your opinion would it be more important to have that experience of winning? I, I assume so although I think any experience of Wembley is better than no experience because you know it's such a different such a different game of football for you because you know you're turning up to um, you know this huge stadium you know you're used to turning up to going out and warming up and there's going to be a couple hundred there getting their seats everyone else is arriving uh, and going having a beer or getting a a pie before the game but in Wembley you get out there and everyone's cheering you on for the warm up and it's just a totally different game day experience than what you're used to in League 2 so any experience of, of going through that already is better than none um, but the fact that Lincoln have done it and won will give them will give them such uh, incredible confidence because they'll just they'll just think well we've done it once we beat Shrewsbury who are in a higher league team so whoever we play in the final we can we can go and do it again so um, both those teams having that experience will be good but Lincoln's winning experience will obviously stand them in, in better stead should they get there. It sounds pretty positive, all that, I guess, for both fans of Exeter and Lincoln to an extent. And that will certainly be a really, really interesting, intriguing semi-final. And on the other side of things, you've got Notts County and Coventry. And it's quite hard as observers of League Two to necessarily truly nail down 
those two teams' styles. So I was wondering if you could give us a bit more insight, having played against Coventry and against Notts County, of, of what they can expect from each other, really. And, and when you're setting up to play against these teams, what are the main things you've got to focus on? What are their, what are their great strengths? Um, yeah, Notts County, um, their undoubted strength is, is, is their, their, their two up front. Um, John Stead, who's, who's a fantastic player in our league, again, he's, he's done it at a high level. He still runs the channels really well, does not give defenders a, a second piece on the ball. Um, he's a really, really good player in our league and also playing alongside Shola Abniobi, who, who they play into and play off. Um, so having those two guys up front is, is not counting you know, huge strength, their experience. Um, they're, a real, they're a physical team, not counting. They're a bit, they're, you know, they've got some big lads. Um, they know the game. They've got a lot of experience in their team. I think when we played them um, over Easter, um, I think it was uh, Amiobi and, and Stead on one on one team up front, and we had Mikael Smith, Tyson, and Akin Fenwick as combined <laughs> strike at the age of of, uh, of several. So, uh, and, and then you bring Tyson uh, in the mix as well, and it's uh, Dad's yeah, army. <laughs> yeah, so that was no, they're, they're a good team, not counting. They know how to play. They know how to get the ball forward into the front two, and and, and they've got results all season. And um, and they've got the, the boy Grant on loan from Nottingham Forest, who's got a bit of an X factor as well. I think maybe before Christmas he he scored a lot more goals possibly than, than after Christmas but he's really got something different and, and he's got the winning winning mentality and he's got the chance to, on the stage to, to prove the difference so they're a good team but then you know <laughs> I'm going around in circles here but Coventry <laughs> we played them twice and got beat by twice by them this season so um, they're a good team again very good defensively four four defenders are really good there um, uh, they keep a lot of clean sheets the keeper can kick it three quarters of the pitch uh, Michael Doyle in midfield, who's got um, promotions from this league before, got promoted with Portsmouth last season. Alongside him, um, Liam Kelly, who also knows the league really well. And then they've got um, McNulty in the, Mark McNulty in the number 10 position, who in both games against us scored, scored and was the difference in both games. So um, they've, got some, they've got some good players, um, Coventry. And I was, I was expecting them to be... Um, uh, very much closer to us come the end of the season than what they ended up being. They had a couple of surprise results. Jovo went and beat them on Good Friday, I believe, um, 6-2 or something like that. And, and that was a real shock result because at that point they were getting a bit of a head of steam, a bit of momentum, and, and we were expecting a bit of a charge from them. So, um, But both of those teams are, are really good teams. I, 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 I really can't see there being many goals in, in both games. First, first legs will probably be cagey and, and maybe the odd goal even over two legs might be the difference. I guess the, the better way than just asking you who you think is going to win, because I'm sure you guys maybe had chats in the changing room about who you wanted to avoid. If you had been in the playoffs, who would have been the team that you'd wanted to, to steer clear of? Um, no, like on, you know, being seriously, there was, there was none of those teams who you'd, you'd, you'd fancy playing against. They were all good teams, and, and that's why we were so keen to, to get the job done in the, in the 46 league games, because we knew over two legs in a playoff game, obviously we would have backed ourselves, but we, we respected all four of those teams, and there's no, there's no weak, weak teams in those four. They've all, they've all had good seasons, and they all, all fancy it. So, um, like I say, Coventry already beaten us twice this season, so you would have gone into those games wanting to prove a point. Um, you know, and, and, and we drew with Lincoln and drew with Notts County near the end of the season. So they all would have been, all would have been close games, and that's why I can see uh, see them being really, really close, and maybe even the odd goal or two, only, only deciding it over two legs. They're going to be tight games, um, really physical. You know, um, three out of the four teams are, are really physical, good sizes. Then Exeter play a bit more football, but then they've got they've got a couple of 
physical players as well. So um, they, they, their contrasting style will be slightly different to the other. But um, I think Coventry and, and Notts County will be a real, real good test um, for both teams. And then, and then Lincoln will take take their physicality to Exeter and um, and see if they can do that as well. So they're going to be tight games. We we didn't fancy taking on any of them because we knew that they'd be tough games. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really intrigued to watch them. It's going to be interesting viewing. Well, we're delighted that you don't have to pay any of them and you're going to be in League One next season. Fingers crossed we're talking to you again this time next year about a League One promotion push as well. But cheers, Matt, for taking the time to speak to us. Cheers, guys. Take care. Thank you. So we've got Mike Holden on the line and we want to talk to Mike about the managers involved in the League Two playoff picture, but also to get his insight as to where the bet, where his money will be going uh, in the form of some tips. So first of all, Mike... Uh, we've got Paul Tisdale versus Danny Cowley and Kevin Nolan versus Mark Robbins. I mean, it might be the bottom of the three EFL tiers, but in terms of managerial matchups, this is just as fascinating as any others. We'll start with uh, Exeter versus Lincoln and two managers I know that you've really studied with interest in, in Tisdale and, and Cowley. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a, I, I've, I mean, I've long been a big fan of Tisdale and, you know, he's just general philosophy and you know he's he's dealing to the media he, he kind of he gives you a lot of information he gives you a lot of you know fascinating insight into what he does and you know what he's all about um, as a playoff manager I don't necessarily think his style suits the playoffs uh, last season for example they had they had a team with Ollie Watkins and David Wheeler in they were in this you know they're in this fantastic uh, run of form since about November onwards, probably the best team in the division, having come from the bottom of the table. Uh, and then he got to the playoffs and they made real heavy weather of a like a six-five aggregate win over Carlisle. And you know they were so much better than Carlisle over the two legs, particularly in the first leg, um, when they should have been about three or four goals up at what you know at one point. Um, and then they get to the final and you know. Man for man on paper, they, they, they were the stronger side than, than Blackpool, but you know just got edged out two one. And I think it's just they they've got such a well well tailored process. You know they did a, a good passing side, and they concentrate so much on what happens in the middle of the pitch and, and dominating possession and controlling games. That's great over a league season. That you know they stay in games that they're not necessarily you know when it's not going for them and and, and things like that, but. When it matters at both ends of the pitch, I'm not always convinced that that that's the best approach. Is it? Is it? So is, it, is, it is it the opposite with uh, with the Cowleys at Lincoln? Yeah, I think very much so. I think they are very much uh, a penalty box team. You know, everything they do is sort of measured and geared towards those sort of key performance indicators of you know running distances and leading up to how many times you get the ball in the box and things like that. I just think, I think they're, they're a very much bottom line operation. Everything's about the bottom line and what the numbers say at the end of it all. Um, and, you know, they've got such a big set piece threat and, you know, can be very direct. And um, I think, I think that is more tailored to the playoffs. And I think you look at their big match knockout record over the last, 18 months or so with that FA Cup run last season check a trade trophy they've got the Wembley experience uh, I think they've got a lot going for them Lincoln in that respect for, for this kind of you know this kind of competition tournament and a season 
was lucky enough to be able to speak to Danny Cowley on, on the 72 yesterday on TalkSport 2 and he was very keen to, to promote the idea that they were the underdogs and that people should remember where they came from last year. Um, again, do you think this is, do you think he'll believe that or do you think that this will just be a case of him just trying to bring the expectations down from, from a fan base and, and some players that are riding the crest of a wave to, to get a better performance out of them? Yeah, yeah, I think he's trying to manage expectations. I don't think for one second he will be sinking uh, like an underdog in the way he goes about it. I think, you know, I think they will. I mean, there's a great example just a couple of weeks ago. You see Mark Robbins at the end of the season playing out a nil nil draw with Morecambe and, you know, perfectly entitled to do so. Well, you know, the pragmatic thing to do. 11 days earlier, Lincoln went to Coventry with a very similar scenario. Coventry had an extra day's rest. Um, a point apiece would have suited both teams. It would have kept them four points ahead of Mansfield at the time with just two games left. And, you know, if anyone wanted the draw, it was Lincoln as the away side with less recuperation time coming into the game. And, you know, you've seen that Robbins was prepared to play out a draw with Morecambe in those circumstances on the final day. But Lincoln turned up at Coventry and just smashed them. Like three, took the lead three times in the first half. And, you know, came away talking about bloody in the nose and stuff like that. I mean, it's, you know, it's a brutal mentality, but it's what you need. That, that masculinity, that, you know, take no prisoners kind of attitude. I think, I think, I think that was a little insight in itself, the way they approached that game that, that makes them suited for knockout football for sort of death or glory. I mean, there's an interesting thing. I mean, the Cowley brothers have a very good media persona of being, you know, very eloquent and being the poster boys of football. But I think anyone who, who hasn't seen a Lincoln team yet, I mean, in the last couple of years, might get a bit of a shock that, that maybe their team isn't in their image. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, when they were, you know, you're watching footage in the build, like I've been watching a, a few games on Scout at this just makes me laugh the air raid, air raid siren all the time and the corners are coming in and you just think if you're a defending team it's in some bank if you've got that air raid, air raid siren going off you know every five minutes when they get a corner and it must be horrible to defend against and that's when you've got the likes of Waterfall and Reed and Bostwick and everyone else flying at you as well. Um, Mike, how convinced are you by uh, Kevin Nolan and also his opponent in the semi-final, uh, Mark Robbins, or Mark Squeaky Robbins, as Steve Evans calls it? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, think, I, think, I think they've both done a, a, a very good job. I think, um, I think Mark Robbins is possibly... Well, I mean, you say... You say there's been a lot of goals lately in Coventry matches. Generally, Mark Robbins is quite conservative as a manager, you know, quite safety first and, you know, make sure we've, we've, we've got enough players back before we go forward kind of thing. And um, Whereas with, with Nolan, um, I, think, I think Nolan's... There's a, there's a shrewdness about Nolan. I think, I think Notts County has tailed off as the season's gone on, but I don't think that will really matter too much because... He's he's quite a wily one, Nolan. Is it you know what the, the secrets that Allardyce had in his early years and stuff like that? You can see a little bit of it, you know, the the the, the penalty box, the, the you know the getting it right in both boxes kind of thing, and you know just there's something kind of intuitive about him that he he kind of picks up on little things that maybe make the difference, even if the the overall thing isn't you know. Uh, it's not a top-notch package as, as, as an overall side. So, it's yeah, that'll be a fascinating one. That I think it's difficult to pick a winner between the two. 
I'd be inclined to side with Notts County at odds against. I think I think the thing is with Coventry as well is the they carry probably the most baggage of anyone coming into this because it's been quite a monumental season for them. They've had a lot of extreme highs and lows. It's a, you know first top six finish since 1970, and you know the the kind of beating Luton away, losing six two at home to Yeovil, and getting turned over at home by Forest Green. And there's been a lot of like bizarre little melodramas all season for them. And I think when you get to this stage of the season, at the end of such a long season. And you kind of, you know, you're happy to just play out that nil-nil with Morecambe to get over the line and just be involved. And you just wonder, when it comes to it, with this, you know, the two games, if it's quite a quick turnaround, and you, you, you wonder whether it might all catch up with them a little bit. So on to the bets now. Uh, looking at the odds checker page on the site to get the best prices for the bets. And they find it very, very difficult to split these four uh, compared to the other two playoffs. Uh, fixtures or, or, the, or the outright markets. You got Lincoln, uh, just about the favourites with most uh, five to two best price with the Hills. Uh, Coventry five to two with Bet Victor. Uh, Exeter are uh, f- uh, extra seven to two. They are outsiders with Black Type standout and uh, Notts County one hundred thirty. Uh, so just inside Exeter with Betfred. Who are you leading towards uh, in, in this tight tight affair? Yeah, I think uh, Lincoln for me, um, just, you know, six, what are we, five weeks after they've won at Wembley in the Checker Trade Trophy, it's kind of echoes of Barnsley a couple of seasons ago when they, they did the double. Um, you know, the cup runs, every, they, 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 they have got that death or glory mentality, they have got that knockout football kind of spirit that I, I think will give them an edge. And potentially, I mean, it's tough to say the easiest semi-final because I, I you know, Exeter probably one of the most accomplished and you know intelligent teams in the in the league, and have been for a couple of seasons. But I think they've had a, quite a few defensive injuries. They've had to reshuffle in ways that they've not wanted to in recent weeks, and that could catch up with them. And I think you know just because they are more of a process team and don't necessarily deliver at the key moments. I think Lincoln have possibly got the slightly easier semi-final. I can't really pick between the other two. Um, but, yeah, I'm happy to go with Lincoln in that one. The Cowley brothers may be keen to, to project an image of them being underdogs, but everyone seems to just lean towards Lincoln. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Mike, thank you so much for your excellent... Thanks for your excellent analysis, mate. Uh, if you've enjoyed listening to, to this League Two playoff preview, make sure that you listen to League One and the Championship as well. Mike has had his say on those two divisions, playoff picture two. So finally, George and I get to have our say. Uh, not used to this many other people chirping up, chiming in. Um, but we're really grateful, for, for obviously, for, to have... Matt Bloomfield, Mike Holden, absolute experts when it comes to this sort of thing. And really, hopefully, you, you've enjoyed the, the analysis as well, because that's why we were hoping to, to bring something just a bit different and, and um, something interesting. George, I get the feeling, really, that Matt and Mike aren't alone in leaning towards Lincoln. I think that you might also be maybe leaning towards Lincoln. Is that a fair thing for me to say? Yeah, um, I must say I am. I think the experience in, in the FA Cup last year... Uh, their checker trade run this time around. I think it all just points to managers, or I mean, a manager or the management team who know exactly how to get the best out of their 
out of their performers. I did think when I was speaking to, to Danny Cowley yesterday uh, on the radio, I think the mask did slip a little bit when he was going through the other contenders and listed Notts County as a tough one because they're the oldest, one of the oldest clubs in the UK. I think he was just trying to think of a reason why he could say that was the case. Um, I, I think that the way they play, the way they'll be able to bully teams, and I, and I think the way the Cowleys work, you know, a lot's been said about the preparation that they do and, and, and you know, the supposedly um, disciples of football manager. I think that given the long run-up that they will get into these games and, and the time they'll have to prepare their players for exactly the kind of performance that they'll want, um, I, I think that that is a, a good one and that 5-2 to two, uh, will be seeing my money as well. It's an interesting one because... I think one of the issues Exeter had last season, Mike alluded to them struggling through that semi-final against Cardiff. And I remember talking at the time about, uh, sorry, against Carlisle even. And Carlisle at the time were the team in League Two who got the ball into the box as early as they could, got big men onto it and tried to win knockdowns and really heavily favoured set pieces when it came to scoring. And Exeter really struggled with that. Now, it'd be interesting to see whether they'll have improved on that side of things given their experience last season. But I think it's fair to say that Lincoln genuinely in terms of style of play are not dissimilar to Cardiff in the sense that they look to get the ball as far away from their goal as possible they look to get it into the the positions of maximum opportunity and all that sort of thing and it's it, it can be a bit of a bombardment at time at times and it'd be interesting to see how X to deal with it I mean they've got Archibald Henville and and uh, Moore Taylor at the back Moxie fullback as well and they will be targeted and Matt Reed will make it really tough and extra if they're to get through that game against Lincoln they're going to have to work really really hard but I fancy whoever wins that to, to win the final I'm, I'm going to go with Lincoln as, as upset as I am to, to toe the party line but uh, so, so Lincoln we reckon for League 2 is going to be fascinating you know we're not necessarily writing off the other teams and certainly not Notts County in commentary but um, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens we hope that you really enjoyed listening to the thoughts of Matt Bloomfield and of Mike Holden as well and we hope that it's really helped you to get excited for for a League 2 playoff semi-final campaign that starts very soon and will be absolutely fantastic make sure that you're subscribed to Not The Top 20 podcast for more things like this uh, over the course of the next few weeks make sure you follow us at NTT20pod on your Twitters and your Instagrams as well